as someone who is so excited to garden this spring yet really wants top quality soil i'm really excited to introduce you to coast of maine which is an esteemed brand renowned for its organic soil offerings and if you're seeking to infuse your home environment with a nourishing essence that promotes flourishing plant life you're gonna want to listen to this because with over 28 years of expertise coast of maine has meticulously crafted soils sourced from oceanic waters and farms certified for organic organic cultivation. It's so nice to find such a sustainable, eco-friendly brand who really emphasizes the importance of natural ingredients to enrich their soil. And I mean, they have, like I said, top quality. With rigorous quality control and OMRI listed certification, their diverse range of products caters to all gardening needs. Most of our soils may lack appropriate nutrients for success for our plants and our plants need this. We want to regenerate the healthy microbes in our soils to set up for gardening success and just for our plants to thrive. So if we add Coast of Maine products, this will indeed help. Whether you're planting trees or shrubs or perennials in your yard, adding Coast of Maine soil in your planting holes leads to a long, slow feeding of your plants, making them self-sufficient and vibrant, which we love. Let's say you want a vegetable garden. Not only will you receive abundant harvest, but there will be less feeding and maintenance throughout the season. Amazing. You know that everything grown in Coast of Maine soil is organic and safe for your family and friends right out of the garden. And then you get to also feel good about their sourcing as I'm so thankful they provide natural ingredients because they will never include household waste or biosolids. And we know that nothing nurtures the world above better than the soil below cultivated from products and practices rooted in coast of Maine. And so they will continually perfect the art and science of sourcing, mixing, and composting products worthy of the people and the place that inspired their brand and the healthier world it was built to serve. Coast of Maine believes in nurturing relationships with local retailers. We love supporting local and the products are carried by local retail partners who can provide advice and insight not found in big box stores. So Coast of Maine knows from beginner to expert. Anyone who takes a hand to the land has something to offer the growing community of gardeners everywhere. And their products make organic gardening simple and approachable so we can all garden. So let's get to growing. Visit coastofmaine.com to find a local retailer near you. That's Coast of Maine, like the state with an E, coastofmaine.com. I'm all about that fuss-free glam. Give me makeup that's versatile and feels like air on my skin and has ingredients that love my face, that's good for my face. You know, clean ingredients. And don't even get me started on mascaras because I do want them bold and lengthening. <laughs> and so we have Thrive Cosmetics, which I've been using since 2020, obviously because I appreciate their foolproof products that make it really easy to apply for any skill level. And they have a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look, but also they give back. Every product purchased, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, hence why it's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, Medics. Thrive Cosmetics and Bigger Than Beauty Skincare are not just makeup brands, they're a whole vibe. They're all about empowering us to rock our confidence, and when you support them, we are helping other communities thrive. Their stuff is not only easy to use, but 
no nasties, zero parabens, sulfites, phthalates. They are 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Let's talk lashes. Thanks to Thrive's liquid lash extensions, I must say that my lashes are just so beautiful and lush. It adds lengths. There are no clumps. And also, guess what? It slides right off with warm water. So no raccoon eyes here. And I appreciate they have nourishing ingredients that support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. And it's a unique formula they use that creates these tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. We've had problems in the past with the link, but the link does work now. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com magic. That's Thrive Cosmetics. C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash magic for 10% off your first order. So I really had to dig into my own messaging to make sure that I was becoming the best mother and woman and advisor to her, but also to myself because she can't be what she can't see. So I had to be the strongest version of myself. And that meant going through the folklore of my life, understanding what my lore really was and getting clear on what I needed to leave behind, what I needed to take with me. Now let the magic begin. Hello, Soul Tribe! It's Raquel, and I am using a different mic right now, so I am sure it sounds a little different. It's sad that this is my best option right now, but I want to record this for you. So thank you so much for your compassion and understanding. Anyways, what a brilliant time, a brilliant time today to talk about women, the progression of women and harnessing our power as women, stepping not only into our power, but into seats of power in the world for the world to change the world and i truly believe that this is the time for all of us to speak up share our voice we all have a story to share a folklore to share as our guest would say in which she calls a lore you know like when they say you know those old folklore tales we all have a story to share a folklore to share to make a difference and make an impact in at least one person's life, especially in this day and age where we're recognizing that there are a lot of women who went years without speaking up in ways that they felt less than in some way or in a ways they were harmed emotionally or physically. And now women are speaking up and men are speaking up for women and though yes we've moved many many moons beyond the time where women were not at all free and many men now do see the foolishness yes the foolishness of not seeing women as equals we are also still many moons away from fully fully being there as equals and to speak up for not only ourselves, but for those who might 
be in fear of speaking up in some way and sharing their folklore, sharing their stories that have created these limiting beliefs that they can't step into their power in some way. And there's still so many silenced women for them. It is time for all of us to really (laughs) share, share what's really happened in our lives and shamelessly and unabashedly take those positions of power to really try for those seats in powered places, in corporations, in politics, in wherever we feel called to, because it is time. I actually, it is quite possible that the next president of the United States may be a woman in 2020. I do think it is highly probable. Sometimes I think the only great thing that has happened politically in this day and age for the United States is the fact that it is making more people rise and rise strong and recognize like, yo, this is not a time to be silent. Like even me, I was apolitical for so long and now it's just like, it's been enough. It has, it's been enough. (laughs) So I'm so glad that so many women are rising up and rising so strong and say you're even sitting in a job that you love and you are in a corporate industry or just any sort of patriarchal culture in your job but you love your job I mean you shouldn't leave your job and it sucks if there are times where you might feel awkward or you're in a position where something happened that is a little uncomfortable and it's okay it's so okay to speak up And that's why I admire women like today's guest, Jeanette Schneider, who went from the financing world into this life that she has been dedicating herself today to really empowering, empowering women. I can't speak, empowering women. And she's also been challenging the status quo before the Me Too movement. And so I love hearing stories like hers, lores like hers, like she says. She's actually the founder of Lore Advocacy, and Lore is short for folklore, if you haven't caught on to that already, whose goal is to inspire women to change the world through a gender lens of equality, self-actualization, and fearless shattering of the glass ceiling so no let's stop teaching our daughters to want the glass slipper and to start shattering the glass ceiling i read this quote somewhere recently i was like that is brilliant i don't know where i want to give credit to it but i have no idea where i read it it didn't come from me but i thought that was brilliant her book lore harnessing your past to create your future came out in september 2018 It challenges women to uncover the stories, the lores that have shaped their lives. And we actively dig into what has been programmed into our minds to believe what we believe and help us shift and shape that. So her book really encourages us to do the work and uses a lot of different writing exercises like the ones that she explains in this episode and one that I'm very familiar with, which I know works, and that is to write love letters to yourself because our soul does deserve a little love from us, right? And so I do. I love writing love letters to myself, but Jeanette takes it even a step further by writing those love letters to her younger and future self. And she also talks a lot about her daughter. In fact, her daughter inspired 
this new shift in Jeanette to dedicate her life to this. And she doesn't want her daughter to grow up feeling less than in any way in a patriarchal society. Yet the way it sounds like her daughter is, that would not be the case anyways, because her daughter has this inner confidence that Jeanette is really highlighting, really recognizing how highly conscious and more awake each generation is becoming, which is amazing. And her daughter's strength to really speak her truth from her heart and in a kind place is something that when I was a child, I didn't have the confidence to do. I loved my cloak. I loved my cloak. But no, I love how each generation is just becoming even more awake than before. And so I am actually not afraid at all of women progressing into a seat of equality but how beautiful is it that we get to help shape it today so this episode is near and dear to my heart indeed also Jeanette has a podcast out called gold with Jeanette Schneider so feel free to check that out now Skillshare has many courses on women in business and women in leadership, along with 25,000 other courses and workshops that you can try for two months for free. And I'm just going to list some of them that might possibly interest you because they're kind of interesting. Like, of course, they have fundamental classes like the fundamentals of DSLR photography, which has over 32,000 students, by the way, that have given it a very high rating. But also they have specific courses like photographing textured toasts. I mean, I love a good avocado toast picture. And also to take pro iPhone pics or galaxy landscape paintings with watercolor Oh, happy houseplants, because we need to care for our houseplants, and we should all have plants in our home for a lot of reasons. That could be another episode. Also, creative leadership toolkit. Uh, Learn how to solve the Rubik's Cube the easiest way, which is something I've never done. Uh, From being an intermediate to becoming an advanced filmmaker course. Learn how to handstand. Another thing that I've only been able to do for like maybe three seconds. So try pretty much any skill that you really want to enhance for free for two entire months when you go to Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. That's Skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. And of course who I will be sipping right after this introduction ends because, you know, I don't really want to make those slurping sounds. This is an audible podcast. That's not the most lovely sound in the world. But I'm really excited to drink in just a few moments my Four Sigmatic coffee with lion's mane and chaga. So Four Sigmatic, by the way, makes me feel free to continue drinking coffee without the jitters and the tummy issues and the crashes and just to really fully enjoy it so if you're into coffee do your gut a favor by mixing the highest quality mushrooms from four sigmatic like chaga their superhero mushroom or cordyceps my pre-workout mushroom or lion's mane my focus mushroom or reishi my liquid yoga i'm feeling super chill right now mushroom Ooh, and I highly, highly recommend. I'm looking at it right now on my bathroom counter. Their new face mask. It smells like brownie batter, and it's such a tease. But guess what? You can actually eat it. I mean, I love that they pointed out, why put anything on your face that you can't eat? (laughs) Such a great point. 
because their mask has no fillers, no plastics, no chemicals, and works with all skin types, oily, sensitive, acne-prone, dry, or a combo. And their purifying and edible face masks not only clear pores and smooth fine lines and reduce redness, but also allow you to detox your face and support stress and sleep. If you are interested in their coffees, their teas, and now their beauty products for 15% off, just go to foursigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe. That's foursigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe and enter the discount code soul tribe. One word, no spaces, soul tribe for 15% off your magical coffee, mask, and mushroom elixir order. So good. <laughs> and now it is time to let the magic begin with Jeanette Schneider. Hawaii. I, I'm like, it's my dream to eventually live. Um, I'm going to Kauai in April, but I've been everywhere else so far, and Maui has been my favorite. Um, there's something just so spiritual about Hawaii. There's just a presence there that I just can't explain anywhere else. Yes. Well, I haven't been to Maui since I was 10, but I lived on Kauai for a while, and I completely agree. Oh, it's so magical there. This area in Kauai, the area where most spirits enter and exit the world. And so it's just like very mystical and magical there. That's amazing. I'm going to have to look it up. I know when I went to um, Kona, I had a very spiritual experience. Um, it was just really, really, it's a longer story, but it was just, it was like one of those places where you're like, magic happens here. <laughs> There's something important happening here. I'm definitely here for a lot of reasons, but want to yes. go back home. But right now I'm ready to talk about you. And I'm so thankful for you being here today. Thank you. This is, um, I, I love what you're about and just love what you're doing. So I'm thrilled. Well, the feeling is mutual because I've been listening and reading all your stuff the past few days to really get to know you. And I'm like, this is one of my people. Oh, yay. I love that. Well, it makes me happy when people kind of, when you connect, right? Because sometimes yeah. I get on these interviews and they don't even know that I've written a book or what the book is about. Or, and so I'm kind of introducing them to me and usually about 30 minutes in all of a sudden they're like, oh, this is really great. And I'm like, there you are. <laughs> <laughs> there you are. Well, thank right. you for creating what you're creating in this world, which I'm so glad that you felt called to encourage people, especially women <laughs> to harness their past mm -hmm. and encourage themselves to discover their own self and self-actualization in order to create their own empowered future beautiful message and I love also your use of the term lore yeah <laughs> that's yeah. brilliant to reflect you. on your life to move beyond it and to move forward derived from folklore like a story brilliant that's brilliant thank you yeah so I wanted to talk about your lore and I'd like to begin from your beginning. What happened in your life that ignited this inspiration to create and spread this message? And also, what is your why? Oh, my why is my daughter 100% hands down. Oh. There was something that happened um, 
when she was born, when she came into this world where I shifted and a lot of things happened around the same time. And, and so, um, she was the product of a lot of science and magic. Um, I went through five IVF cycles to get her. And the moment wow. I saw her little face on the ultrasound screen, on the little 3D image, I was like, I know you. We're supposed to be together. And it's like my whole life shifted. And shortly, unfortunately, shortly thereafter, my husband and I got divorced. And I had to kind of decide who I was. I, I worked in an executive career, male-dominated field. I was suddenly getting divorced and I was raising a girl and I was looking around me and my world was completely shifting and changing. Um, it was probably one of the darkest times I've ever been through. And um, I actually was at a Tony Robbins event yesterday and he says, what's something that you can be grateful for? And I actually remember laying on the floor of the guest bedroom, sobbing as my husband was moving out and we were having troubles and being like, I'm grateful for that moment because it broke me open. And I realized that I had this, I have this gift of, of words um, I've been writing since I was 13 years old. I've been speaking since I was five. And if I was going to have this gift, I better put some purpose to it. And I wanted the world to be a better place for my daughter and her friends. And what did that look like? So I really had to dig into my own messaging to make sure that I was becoming the best mother and woman and advisor to her, but also to myself. Um, cause she can't be what she can't see. So I had to be the strongest version of myself. And that meant going through the folklore of my life, understanding what my lore really was and getting clear on what I needed to leave behind and what I needed to take with me. That itself is inspiring for every woman to hear. And your daughter is so blessed to have you as a mom who is also extremely aware, like self-aware and conscious enough to recognize that whatever is happening in your life will also be very influential in her future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, you know, it's kind of funny you say she's very blessed. And a lot of people have told me that about her, but I feel like she and I kind of have like this little pact, you know, like she's so proud of, of me, which is really funny. And, you know, when the book came out, she, she actually finds ways to bring it up in front of people. And she'll say, mommy, tell me about the book that you wrote, even in front of the cash register, like cashier at Target. And I was like, you're so proud of me. So it goes both ways. And I, I recognize just in purposeful awareness and the stories and conversations that we share and build, we're creating the next generation of change makers, you know, so we have to be really thoughtful about the way we communicate our own feelings and stories to the, the ears that are listening. Absolutely. And that is the cutest thing that she is so proud that she would say it to the woman at Target. I love it. Do you see a lot of her in your younger self? Oh, gosh. Yeah. In a lot of ways, um, we both have, I had and have always had a confidence that doesn't really make sense and she's the same way. There's kind of an awareness of self that you're powerful and you have a voice. Um, I used to say it was an undeserved confidence and now I realize it's, it's probably just our makeup because she is absolutely the same way. I don't think I have to worry about her in life because she always comes back to like her gut feeling or no, her knowingness, which I'm really proud of. Um, but there's also a tendency um, to be too kind. And she has better tools than I did. She told me the other day, she goes, Mom, you know, it's really hard for me because a lot of my friends think because I'm so kind to them that they can tell me what to do. And I have to tell them, you can't tell me what to do and boss me around. I still have, I still have things I want to say, even though I'm really nice. And I was like, oh my God, I didn't even have the, the, 
thought process or the ability to put that into words when I was a little kid. People just ran all over me because I also didn't know how to create boundaries and speak up for myself. I may have had confidence, but I didn't have the ability to say, hey, you're treating me poorly or just because I'm nice doesn't mean that what you just did was okay. And she has now the tools to be able to kind of stop people in their tracks and be like, hey, I love you, but you're not treating me well. And I wish I had that. Ooh. I also truly believe that, you know, setting our own boundaries and respecting the boundaries of others as well in all relationships is truly key to just to have the utmost healthy relationship. But it's so hard to do that. So I'm just really curious, how did you go about helping her out? And then how do you also set your own healthy boundaries and what happens if people don't accept it? Because we do run into that on occasion. Oh, sure. And it's so funny that this comes up in this conversation because um, I'm currently in a relationship with a wonderful man who also is raising a daughter and they are very close in age, which at the time when we first started dating, I thought was amazing because they're only five months apart. I did not realize that that was going to bring competition and jealousy. And so there's, there's issues that we've had with respecting one another and boundaries, even with them. So we sat down at family, we have family dinner every Monday night and we sat down and we pick a word of the week and our word this week was boundaries. And the conversation that we had was, do you know what a boundary is? And let's talk about what the best boundaries that you can create are. And of course they know certain things that we've told them, like no one's allowed to touch us unless it's our parent or our doctor. Perfect. That's a great boundary. But what about respect for your toys or respect for someone else's? If, if Olivia says, I don't feel like playing right now, Malin's going to respect that. If someone wants to borrow something of the other person, would you ask because that's appropriate in boundary setting? And then we gave them examples from our relationship. And it's one of the things that I do have to say I've called in since that day that I, I've called in good people into my life since that day that I was on the floor of my guest bedroom. And I have a man in my life who talks about our relationship on a almost daily basis, uh, where we actually share, here are the things that are important to me and here are the things that are not. And we give each other, I respect the fact that he's like, hey, I don't like that you said that. And maybe it's, you didn't have this intention, but this is what I heard from you. And I'm like, thank you. Instead of feeling uncomfortable or like I've done something wrong, I'm like, thank you for guiding me in our relationship and telling me what your boundaries are. Um, there's He jokes around a little bit. I'm a little bit older than him, so he'll joke around about it. Well, well, the girls have started to pick it up and now they're making fun of me and calling me old. And so I had to create a, a boundary with him where I'm like, hey, I know it's a joke between us because you think it's funny, but I need you to stop teasing me in front of our daughters because it's showing them that you can disrespect me teasingly and then they can as well. Mm. And he's like, got it. So there's a lot of conversation about not only how we interact with each other, but I'll even tell him like, Hey, that triggered me and I'm upset. And the reason I'm upset has nothing to do maybe with you, but I'm triggered and I don't want to become resentful. So we need to talk about it. The one thing I will say in friendships, um, that's where I've noticed that I've had the issue with people feeling kind of like you set a boundary and I'm uncomfortable with it. Pay attention to whether or not they self-correct. If you've set a boundary with someone and they're like, oh, okay, well, you've changed or this is different and you share with them, well, I'm on a new path and here's some things that are important to me. I'm setting stronger boundaries and they respect that or maybe they do it once or twice and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I forgot that's one thing and they're going to get on board and they're going to, they're going to correct course. And a lot of times my friends where I've set better boundaries with, they come back to me and say, thank you because you're actually showing me what I can do in my life. If they blow through them 
or continue to do them even after you've said in a testing manner, that person is not for you. If someone does not respect your boundaries, you have to respect your own for them Mm -hmm. and remove them from your life or create a separate place for them to sit. You know, with friends, it's a lot easier. With, With family, there's DNA there. It's a lot more complicated. So you have to create a conversation where it's like, you know, here's here's a limit. I'm on this journey. You don't have to come on this journey with me. But that also means that I'm restructuring the way I create conversations and expectations within my life. If you can't get on board with me, I'm probably going to pull back a little bit. It doesn't mean I don't love you or I won't be there for you. But it's just shown me that you don't respect certain things that are important to me. So we're not... We're not going to connect in this area. And encourage them to do the same too because otherwise a lot of people will hold things in that might bother them or that might just not, you know, settle with their soul and they might hold it in and they'll take it out in a different way, giving them some sort of space to really speak their truth. And if there's something that some sort of behavior you might be doing that doesn't really resonate with them or something that they just feel something feels a little off give them the space and the opportunity to really express that themselves as well, as, as long as you're also doing that too. That's like key to a strong relationship. Well, modeling for one another, I think is really helpful and really um, important. So in, yeah. in the ways I've talked to my friends, the ones that we've kind of drifted or I'm like, hey, we're just, we're not on the same, we're not on the path right now together. Maybe we will be in the future. Several of them have said, what do I do to get like you? What do I do to get to this place? Because I think maybe that I'm depressed. I think maybe I have bad boundaries or I think I'm in a toxic relationship. And then I can give them like, here's some things I did to work on myself, work on like work on yourself. And I'm really impressed with like how they've taken that to heart. They've almost been given permission when other people in their life weren't giving them the same opportunities. Yeah. I can't believe it. I did it for a month. I gave up coffee for good for a month. Because, you know, I did drink coffee every single morning, sometimes throughout the day for over a decade. So um, I had to give it up for a minute. But thank God is for four Sigmatic because I could just use their mushroom elixirs and still get that great pleasure, humanly pleasure that coffee gifts us with the energy as well. But four Sigmatic, their coffees, their matchas, their mochas. They're hot cacaos. They are some of humans' greatest pleasures. Well, mine at least, because every morning I rise, I'm really looking forward to this hot cup of Four Sigmatic. Uh, Lately, actually, the past few weeks, it's been the mocha mixes, which are just so delicious and have the superhuman superhero chaga mushrooms inside, providing us more benefits, more energy, and with just half the caffeine. And I drink that on my drive to my hot yoga. And then sometimes on top of it, I like to sprinkle a little cordyceps elixir for, you know, another pre-workout energy boost. And recently I just ran out of their adaptogen coffee mix with Tulsi and ashwagandha and cinnamon, which is another favorite. Oh, it's so good. So I'm actually going to have to go on their site and order more because yeah, you get a couple boxes when they sponsor you, but I need more than just a couple boxes. So I got to go order more at foursigmatic.com slash soul tribe for 15% off using the discount code SOULTRIBE. My favorite of the actual mushrooms, though, is lion's mane. Because, uh, you know, the, the mushroom drink that Buddhist monks would drink to enhance their focus. So again, Forest Sigmatic is continuing to gift the tribe 15% off. Just go to the link in the show notes or go to forestigmatic.com forward slash soul tribe 
one word, no spaces. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com forward slash Soul Tribe and enter the discount code Soul Tribe, one word, no spaces for 15% off your magical coffee and mushroom elixir order. Soul Guys. And it's also amazing that you're in a healthy relationship. That is exactly what women should really stand for, especially with your history of what you've been through in recent years when you were working and you recognized that where you were working was dominated by a patriarchal society, right? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. And finance, right? Yeah, high finance. I mean, my, my clients were some of the most powerful people um, in the United States, and it's it's been a journey absolutely i don't i don't look back on any experience i've had even as i mentioned you know with the the tony robbins gratitude thing i did yesterday uh, i was like wow i'm even thankful for the people that treated me poorly yeah. and the bad relationships and i'm even grateful for some really terrible things i unfortunately was in a legal situation with a client. He um, disrespected my boundaries. He sexually harassed me and we ended up in court. And I'm even somewhat thankful for that situation because I don't know that I would have the strength to be able to look at a woman and say, hey, I know where you are um, and I'm here with you and, and let me help you. And it's provided me with a texture and an understanding of kind of dynamics and the way the world works that I don't in any way regret. Oh, yes. And we are in this big wave of the Me Too movement. And I love that so many women from all walks of life have just been really stepping in and bringing light to this, including yourself. And not only, you know, sexual harassment, but also just recognizing that men are in these leadership positions. And I'm thankful that you're also bringing light to <laughs> the damn glass ceilings. So many different areas in life. And what ways have we as women made leaps in recent years that you see and where is there still room for growth? Oh, this is such a great question because I can get really soulful and I can get super nerdy. <laughs> so um, I love both. Yeah, I'm a data junkie. And so in my career, the last three years, I've really spent a lot of time understanding um, gen the gender lens movement and um and really digging into how women in decision-making roles can change the world. Not because we think better than men, we just think differently than men. And there's data to prove that if women are the largest you know, percentage of consumers and we have at least two seats on the board of a large company or we're in executive leadership roles, the company health is better. The societal health is better. Like we actually are helping industry, society, and economy. Yes. So we're not just nurturers and, you know, fists in the air. There's data to back up why we need to be there. So yes. what I'm really, really happy with right now is the way women are starting to step into their power. So many women were just recently confirmed over the last you know, week in order to take on positions in politics. We see more women starting to do exploratory campaigns for the presidency. We see more women looking at the C-suite and saying, hey, I think I can get there. And I'm so proud of where we're going. I will tell you, there's a long road. Um, Pay parity is an uncomfortable situation. I'm watching boards um, being shareholders are asking boards show us transparency when it comes to pay parity. And I've seen several uh, 
Fortune 500 companies send out notices to their shareholders, we would recommend you vote against this as a shareholder and people just blindly doing it. And that really bothers me because they recognize there's a large there's a large amount of money that a company is going to have to cough up in order to bring people to parity. Without question, what I think we need more than anything is we need more men in leadership roles to step up and do the good thing. It's not even, it's, it's the right thing. It's the fair thing. And it's not asking them to be feminists. It's not asking them in any way, shape or form to um, join a movement or a rally. Just do a study. See what your gender parity looks like. Look at your board. Look at the people who are kind of stepping into office and have more men in power take on those mentorship roles and start making decisions that create stronger economies and social situations. What I worry for is that the Me Too movement has created a situation where, yes, I love that women are coming into power, but I'm watching companies move straight from issues of concerns around sexual harassment to gender discrimination because more men are now saying they're afraid to take meetings with women or mentor women because they're afraid of a false accusation. That concerns me. And so that's one of those things where I'm like, I, I hope there's a man listening to this or a woman who, if you have a powerful man in your life or you are in a position of power, um, ask the questions, vote your proxies, request um, people to start just making these incremental changes that are huge. The other thing women can do is because we are the largest amount of consumers, start making sure that the companies that you're buying from have um, at least two women on their boards, women in female leadership positions, and stronger pay parity because money moves the world. And I'm not saying that because I'm trying to be capitalistic. It's just realistic. If you vote with your dollars, you have the ability to impact such global, massive change. Oh, I did not expect it to take this turn. <laughs> there has been something off about the Me Too movement, and I have noticed like men have been feeling scared to step in in that way. I actually just talked to um, Mastin Kip last week about, mm-hmm. and he, you know, he's like, I am a six foot five white guy from Kansas, yet I am recognizing like we need to empower them more, and I'm going to speak up and be that voice, and just if more men can do that and step in those roles and not be scared of this Me Too movement, women are also sitting in these positions. Like what a difference in this world that can make. It's huge. It's monumental. And I love Mastin Kip. I follow him. I think he's, he's brilliant. And we just need more six foot (laughs) tall tall men (laughs) to not be afraid and say, Hey, if I'm a CEO, if I'm a president, I'm building a company and I'm, I'm going to pick a woman to mentor or bring up or, or advise. And, um, I, I was asked, I recently retired from my position in finance. Um, and I was asked by an executive, could you leave some advice for the people that are kind of coming up? Because you've, you've had 20 something years here. I was in an executive leadership role. And I said, what can you leave behind? And I said to the gentleman, I said, please look to the women to your left and to your right as colleagues and help them in situations where clients may be um, treating them poorly. Um, Be aware that they are your colleagues and think of them as being genderless when you're in the room with them. 
um, because unfortunately I've seen it firsthand and I, we just need more guys. We need more guys to the table. I don't, I love men. I don't want to hate on men. I have unfortunately seen some of the worst sides of the patriarchy and I have way too many me too examples and I've had way too many things in my past. Um, I still don't hate men. I recognize that we need to come together because we are such great decision makers when we're at the same table. Absolutely. I love that. See it all as genderless and merge Mm -hmm. us together. Um, But so many women are also afraid to still step into these roles and these powers because perhaps they have these old limiting beliefs and stories and folklores, lores that they've created that makes them feel less than or makes them feel unworthy or even in relationships, like maybe they can't find they're not willing to step into a wonderful relationship because they don't feel like they are lovable enough you know yes so what are some ways that we can shift these limiting beliefs I wholeheartedly in the in the book I write about my experience with what I call the love letters project it was completely accidental and originally I had brought together a group of successful women simply to write love letters to their younger self as a way of virally mentoring other women and girls. I had no idea how cathartic it was going to be. It wasn't until they started bringing me the letters and emailing them to me and we were having coffee and lunches that they were like, Jeanette, you don't know what is here. And we created a curriculum around it and a visualization exercises where you really tap in to that younger version of yourself. And I walk people through this visualization in my workshops and in the book where I'm really trying to get clear on what those limiting beliefs are. And it's amazing how they pop up as if they're like the utterances of your soul. My first sentence to myself in my love letter was, you will spend most of your life believing you are unlovable. And it was it was a game changer for me because when I, I typed the words out, I literally pulled my hands from the keys. I took in this deep breath and I couldn't believe how, first of all, how profound it was, how shocking, how sad it was, but it had also colored my entire life. It had colored my romantic relationships, my friendships, and my career because I was walking into every single situation believing I was unlovable and unworthy. And so I would only accept what was given to me. I did not have strong standards as to the way people could speak to me or work with me. And it really caused me to make this huge shift. Once you realize some of these things and you have this huge, massive truth come out of you, you can't look away. You have to touch it and to poke at it. And so I spent I think the project has been three years and I spent a year and a half working on the book and collecting love letters women wrote. I did um, a lot of interviews, a lot of surveys to really get down to the meat of the, of the information that, you know, really kind of culling through all of these messages and most people's blocks in life have to do with something that they believe about themselves, whether they received it generationally, culturally, socially, they're going to remember very specific moments where they received messages and a lot of them weren't direct. No one looked at me and said, Jeanette, you're unlovable. It was messages I was receiving because of toxic familial lines. You know, my mother was an alcoholic and her mother was abusive. And so there were certain things I was receiving as a child that were marred by dysfunction and addiction that no child should ever believe about themselves. And we all have these. It is our responsibility to pull them out of us. And that's one of the things, the reason behind Lore, the book, 
is it's in it's in sections and the ideas in the beginning really call through and understand what it is that you believe about yourself that isn't true and create a forgiveness practice how to forgive yourself and others but then taking that taking that lure out of you cleaning it up and saying what do i actually believe do I believe the religion of my childhood? Do I believe what social tells me? Do I believe in the culture? Do I believe some of these things that I'm just vomiting up to my children and the people I love? Do I actually believe them? And then create moving from a place of victim blame to a place of active choice orientation. All right, now I'm going to create my life and I'm going to create my new messaging. And this is the messaging I want to share going forward so that we can create stronger girls, stronger children who are moving through life without the same limiting beliefs that we had, that we've been carrying on generation to generation. So they're not afraid to raise their hand when they're asked if they want to take on an engineering, math, science, or political position. They're not afraid of those things because they don't have the same limiting beliefs that we have from old school stories that have been passed down. Absolutely. And it's such a sobering moment when we realize that we have the power to fully like reprogram those old beliefs when we step back and reflect back and look at them. And that can totally reshape our future as long as we bring awareness to it. I myself also like to write letters to myself. A lot of times my future self, I know that you also like to write letters to your younger self, correct? Yes, I do both. I do both. Absolutely. Both. All right. Yeah. Do you mind elaborating on that a bit? No, not at all. So with my younger self, it's really, it was, you know, through a really dark time. And what's funny is I've even had people share that they've written multiple to multiple versions of themselves because sometimes you'll pull something out of you and you're like, oh, I didn't realize this. And you, you get clear and you start to forgive and you move on. And then you move into a different situation. When I moved into my relationship with my boyfriend, I had new things bubble up because I was having a new life experience. And I was like, oh, what's this? This is new. I'm being triggered. There's also, you have to kind of recognize like, am I acting out or am I being triggered? Is this person actually doing something wrong or is this something old? Oh, I need to write a letter to my younger self. What is this mess that's popping up? And I thought I was easily leavable. You know, that if I did something wrong, he was just going to leave me after I'd fallen in love with him. I had this, I have this enormous fear of loss, huge fear of loss. And I really had to dig into the meat of that. And so I think it's something that you continue to do to continue to know yourself and allow the triggers and the moments and the relationships and the, when I get mad or when I want to fight with someone, or if I want to run away from them, the first thing I do is I get still and I pause. And I'm like, is this me or is this them? Hmm. Is this, who is this? Because know what your boundaries are and know when you're being disrespected, but also know when it's you. Yeah. You know, like you have to know when it's you. My love letter to my future self, I'm a creator. I'm creating a beautiful, purposeful life. And I create it every single day. So I'm constantly tapping into that higher version of myself and having a conversation with her so that I can get out of my own way. One of the other things that's really beautiful that I've noticed in my own letters and the letters other women have written and shared with me in their own experiences, in the present day, when you're looking at your current self, you have a tendency to be like, what is wrong with you? Get it together, sister. You're stronger than that. Stop crying. Stop being whatever. We speak to ourselves very harshly. When you speak to your younger self, you take on a nurturing big sister tone. And a lot of the times the message is, you didn't know better. You didn't have the tools. When you start tapping into your future self, she loves you the same way and she's watching you get through the stuff that you need to get to, or to get through to get to her. 
and she speaks to you in the same nurturing, loving tone. And a lot of times it's like, you need to end that relationship. You need to get clear. You need to take a class. You need to stop making excuses, but I love you. And I can't wait for you to get here. There's something nurturing about tapping into those other versions of ourselves when we're not stuck in the present day chatter. Isn't it amazing how we can tap into that big sister mode on our younger self? I love that you said that, that we talk to ourselves and nurture our, our younger self like a bigger sister and we can find compassion in those moments where we experience so much pain and hardship. And then when we look at our future self, we see such a bright light and we're really excited about that future because we know we have this potential sitting within us like we all do when we look at our future self we know that it can be great and if it's hard to see that then it's definitely time to continue to do work in either case we should always be doing the work but I'm also curious right now how about your present self how is she feeling I'm feeling very empowered. I have to tell you. I so I've been I, I I'm always doing work on myself. And um I'm in a really really good spot because I can recognize now when my ego is getting in the way. I can recognize when I'm misbehaving. Um I've learned personally that I deal with bad situations with one of two things, either martyrdom or with anxiety. And so I've started to time myself when I have something bad happen and immediately want to be like, oh, like I'm, you know, get passive aggressive and turn into this murder. I stop myself and I have a conversation with myself and I have now timed myself to see how quickly it takes me to get from acting to realizing what I'm doing. And the last time I had a bad situation and I wanted to murder myself, it took me about 20 minutes. I was like, oh, I'm getting better. Because it used to take about 45 minutes before I was like, oh, this is me being a martyr. This is me. And anxiety, it's its something that I control with meditation. So on my meditative practice on a daily basis, and my, I have a prayer practice as well. I'm, I'm a person of very big faith. Um, those have helped me significantly with my present self. So while I would tell you I'm not perfect in any way, shape, or form, I know um, I also know that I get really, really focused on a task and I want to get things done and I can come across as being self-absorbed because sometimes I'm so head down. I've got to get out this podcast. I need to get out an article. I have this, this whatever. And I, I love the people in my life very much and I make sure that when I'm with them, I'm present. But in my friendships, I quit, can reach out to you when I need something. And I've had to realize, oh, you can be self-absorbed. You have a tendency to do that when you've got other things on your plate. So maybe when you reach out to your friend, schedule some time. Or sometimes I'll do like a text love fest where when I'm feeling like I'm getting into that spot again, I'll send out little love notes through text to my girlfriends and be like, I just want you to know I think you're brilliant. I just want you to know this. I'm thinking about you. I'm not in my head right now. I'm not working on my project. I'm not on a conference call. And I love you. And it's helped to reframe things for me by just tapping into self-awareness and knowing things about myself instead of excusing things about myself. Thank you for being so open about that. <laughs> A lot of us might feel shame if we, when we recognize that we are being self-absorbed, I've definitely fallen into that as well. And you and I are definitely similar in how we approach that or I'll message a friend. And also I love to have been writing letters to myself for a long time. I still have yet to do my younger self though. I love that. Usually my future and present, but I 
always write letters to myself and I've been encouraging the soul tribe to too, but I'm really curious on your take. Like, so let's say we face this blank paper with a blank mind and we do not know what to write. We do not know what to put down. Can mm-hmm. you give us some crystal clear guidance on your approach on how we can write a letter right now? I right after this podcast. Yeah. Write a letter. Absolutely. And I love that you do it. I'm really, I'm really thrilled that you do it because I think writing is is a way of creative unblocking. And um, if any of your readers are interested in digging deeper into the process, I would recommend The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. Yes. She's yes. phenomenal. Everything. Yes. <laughs> Morning so, pages, I'm a thing. Yeah. yeah. So I first learned about creative unblocking through the morning pages. And basically the idea is that every single morning you write freeform for, I think it's six pages or something like that. I can't quite remember. I've gotten, I've made it my own practice now at this point. And um, I don't do it every morning because my prayer and my meditation practice have really kind of taken over. But the best way to start really pulling out those little nuggets within your unconscious mind is instead of sitting in front of a blank page and being like, dear me, (laughs) here's what I need to say is, is to just do stream of consciousness writing. I call it free writing. So whether or not, and, and the best way to do it is hand to paper. Although I know a lot of people prefer to use apps. I use Evernote quite a bit. Hand to paper, there's a, a brain chemistry that's involved there. It's neuro-linguistic. You have a tendency to get more into your subconscious mind when you're actually putting pen to paper. And the idea is that it's just stream of consciousness. Do not edit it. Do not care what it says. Write until you have pages filled and then put them away and don't look at them again and continue to do that on a regular basis. And over time, you're going to recognize things start to bubble up. You're going to find little gems that are hidden that are are underneath the surface noise. And a lot of times, if you do the, the free writing practice for a period of time, you can go back after three to six weeks and read through them. You're going to realize that there is a similar theme that you didn't even realize was there. There's going to be a sentence that looks the same throughout the course of your writings. And that's a lot of times what you're dealing with from a subconscious perspective. So it's a beautiful practice. It will help start to unlock and unblock you so you realize what things you're dealing with. When I first started, my first um, was, I need Tide. I'm out of toothpaste. <laughs> I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, what don't I want to do anymore? And it took a few you know, days and I started to realize like I was unhappy in my job. I was complacent. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also recognized a thread where there was a sentence about wanting the guy that I was dating to hold my hand. I just want someone who will hold my hand. And I had written that like three or four times over the course of six weeks. And I was like, I'm in emotionally unavailable relationships. You know, I'm choosing people who are not good for me. And so I, I recommend that if you are having a hard time staring at a blank page and figuring out what you want to say to your younger self, start freeform writing and things are just going to start to flow. Yes. Oh, and you and I both also, we complement that with visualization as well. Yes. Yes. And I'm curious how, what you think of the power of visualization is. And when you visualize, do you think of your younger self or do you just think of your present and future? No, absolutely not. Younger self. Absolutely. So especially if you're writing a letter to your younger self um, in that exercise specifically, um, visualization is everything. And when I've done this in workshops, it's really beautiful because what I do is I ask people to close their eyes and imagine a younger version of yourself and get very clear on her posture and the expression on her face. 
where she is, what she's wearing, and what she needs from you. At some point in time, you're, you look at this person, you're kind of getting the texture of, of this younger version, and you're going to kind of zero in on an age, um, is what I've, I've noticed. And typically, the age is kind of related to right before or after a traumatic event or something that's you know really kind of deep in there. Um, but once you see her and you zero in on the age, look at her and ask, what does she need from me? And a lot of people immediately, one thing comes to mind straight off the top of the hat. And the, my, that was when it came to me, you'll spend most of your life believing you're unlovable. And it was, you are so lovable. I mean, that was my message to my, you're so lovable. And I was looking at this little girl and she was dejected and she was sad and she's wearing hand-me-down clothes. I grew up in a violent neighborhood. It was very dirty. All the women around me were either trafficked or raped or beaten. And I was just looking at this little girl who all she wanted to do was to be loved. She just wanted someone to wrap her arms around her and feel safe. And I didn't realize how deeply my neighborhood situation and what I was seeing in the treatment of the women around me had affected my issues with security. I was worried about personal safety, security, and love. And so I really had to reparent that younger version of myself. Um, and when she find out from what she needs and what does she need to know? What is, what would light her up? What would make her sit up stronger and start to brighten up? And those are the things that you need to share. Um, with your future self, it's, it's visualizing kind of the same things. Where is she? What does she look like? Um, who are the people around her? Cause I also think you need to manifest your tribe. You need to manifest good people in your life. And what are the characteristics of the people that surround her in that future state? So that you can start creating like words around this being. Is she around people who are supportive and kind and loving? Are they powerful? Are they uplifting? And really get clear on what her life feels like. Not just looks like, but feels like as well. Yes. Not just looks like really feeling like actually feeling it is the greatest shift. Because then you really feel present in that moment, though it's in the future. And I notice when I don't think about, you know, specifics or more superficial things, like sometimes I'll think of my man like, oh, I want someone tall, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just all those different traits. But really just thinking like, how do you really want to feel? How do you want this person to make you feel? Yes. That is the greatest shift. Yes, 100%. I, I used to do that where I'm like, I would like for him to look exactly, I'm going to order a man. <laughs> and then right? you get to a place where you're like, how do I want this person to make me feel? And I asked like when I was manifesting this, this person that I wanted to come into my life, it was, what kind of relationship do we have? How does he make me feel? And oh, by the way, I would like to be physically attracted to him. <laughs> That's important to I me mean, as well. It's okay to, you know, want to be physically attracted to them. That is okay. Right. But of course, the feeling right. it trumps all. Yes, 100%. <laughs> so there's something new, something free for you free for two whole months when you go to skillshare.com forward slash your own magic a new url to get two months for free with skillshare i'm so thankful for the sponsor and that they are continuing to gift us an even better deal like what and it's because 
millions of students have been using Skillshare to expand their human self in many different skills. They have an array of skills to help us along our journey for a more abundant 2019. Skillshare has over 25,000 online courses now from creative courses like writing or poetry, photography, drawing, animated illustration, all kinds of illustration, video editing, other kinds of editing, probably podcast editing, culinary, and even ooh, tips for your business from social media marketing and freelance guidance, management, and so much more. Oh, I can't forget. I can't forget to mention also tech classes like gaming development or app development and lifestyle classes like health and wellness and language. Just an abundance of courses for free for two entire months. Join me in their self-publishing class. That's the new one I'm taking, but I've taken their a couple of their creative writing courses and an entrepreneur course and a productivity one. Who knows? I'm also kind of curious about singing. I might try the singing course just too, since the universe knows that that is not my forte at all. It might not be a gift, but I can learn a new skill. Anyways, go to skillshare.com forward slash your own magic for your free two whole months. That's skillshare.com forward slash your own magic. Also, I know in your book, I love the design of it, but I also love the way that you have set it up so that there's different phases, like you're sitting in a workshop. Yes. Do you mind talking about that a bit? Yeah, no, absolutely. So it starts off, and it is absolutely like going through a workshop. Um, you start off um, with the past, and that's the part that a lot of people bump up against. I've gotten a lot of feedback from readers that they started crying pretty early on, or they had to put it down and take a deep breath. And I suggest that you allow for that because you don't know me. So if something that I have written and I I don't tell people how to live a life, I ask them questions so that they can really become their own guru and their own kind of guide and speak to themselves. If, If I've asked you a question that makes you put down the book or makes you cry or take a deep breath, it's for you. There's something in there that needs to be pulled out. And I promise you that if you do the hard work, the other side is so blissful. So if you move through the do the work exercises at the end of each chapter, where you're writing a love letter to your younger self, where you're forgiving self and others, and you're really tapping into that younger version and that belief system so that you can understand what you believe. I think of the movie... um, Oh gosh, what is that movie from Pixar Um, with all of the emotions? It's in my book and I apologize for the moment. I just completely forgot the name of it. Where you hold your emotions in your hands and you really pull them out as if they're almost like orbs. And you're kind of cleaning them with your fingers and really paying attention, almost taking yourself out of the emotion and holding it in your fingers and, and looking at events and understanding what they might have done to you or for you so that you can really get clear on, on how you were kind of constructed. And then once you do that, once you have a chance to really pull that stuff out of you and, and create a forgiveness practice, you move into present day. And present day requires a lot of choice. Present day is looking around at not only the way that you show up in life, are you passively allowing things to happen or are you choosing things to happen? Who are the people who surround you? 
Are you filling your mind with social media feeds that are actually pulling you down? Do you need to choose mentors or better friends? Do you need to create better boundaries? What are your romantic relationships look like? And do they have the ability to create intimacy through conflict, healthy conflict and dialogue and boundaries so that you're actually creating the life that you want in the present day. It's almost like a, a massive cleanup. <laughs> um, and you you do this massive cleanup to really kind of say, okay, I, I don't want to have people, information, articles, social media. I don't want to have any kind of input that doesn't feel good, that doesn't lift my soul or my spirit. And if those people, some of those people, bosses or family that have to stay in my life, what boundaries am I going to create in a purposeful way? And then once we get to that, yeah. And then once we get through that really great place, um, the next section is manifesting. And that's really getting clear in your future self, um, the ability to call things into your life. And that doesn't mean that you put it on a vision board and you say a prayer and you walk away. It requires a lot of work. Um, but it's, I, I truly believe and I, I should not be where I am in life because of where I came from and what was surrounding me. So I know that a, any life is possible. I, I know that you can create the life that you want as long as you have the tools and the self-awareness. And so manifesting your future is, is well within your grasp. Um, following that is called a section called For the Girls. And whether or not you have daughters or boys, or even if you're not a mom, really look at it from the perspective of the people that you influence. It's really creating purposeful girl talk and purposeful ways of interacting with others so that the messages that you're leaving in this world and that you're creating are, are purposeful and thoughtful and helpful. And you're not just kind of word vomiting up things that you've heard. Um, you're really paying attention to what you're leaving, what your imprint is in this world. And then I end with um, my own love letter to my younger self, which was painful and beautiful and cathartic. And uh, it's how I, I end the book. Wow. I can't wait to read it, Jeanette. That sounds amazing. Thank you. Oh, and I love the For the Girls. Like my mind cued Martina McBride for a second. But I love mm -hmm. the, <laughs> but I love that like your emphasis on us, on as women, as girls, we should all really do the work and really dig in and find purpose and meaning in life of what we want to share and how we want to dead what we want to dedicate our life to helping others and encouraging others to really step into their power in some way in our own way but really doing the work and not just regurgitating what there's so much out there Absolutely. there's so much information out there but finding your own we all have our own message that is within us and nothing that anybody else is sharing so I really love this. Thank you. It's been it's been amazing to see how it's affected people. And I when I wrote it, I said if if this helps one woman, then you know I've I feel so fulfilled. And knowing that one woman could affect the women in her life and her children, and the ripple effect that that could have, and to know that it's it's hit close to home for more people, it's like the best feeling in the world. That is amazing. Oh, and I'm also curious, being a mother, what ways has she helped you find and truly step into your own authentic self and light? Oh, God, she's changed my life completely. Um, 
I can't imagine a life without her now and I never would want to live another way. I really had to get clear on who I was as a woman and a mother because I did not have a good example of a mother growing up. My mom was an alcoholic addict. Um, she had suffered her own abuses and, you know, I look, she and I, she and I had a conversation recently where I realized that in some of her, you know, days sleeping and abusive tirades that ended with her being passed out, she's actually kind of sheltering me from some of the abuse that came before, because had she not been drunk most of the time, it could have mm. been far worse. Um, so I have to purposely construct my communications with my daughter. And I was afraid when I first found out I was having a girl because I, I realized I was rewriting what I knew about mother-daughter relationships. And it was really cute. My daughter asked me recently because she she's very aware of the fact that she doesn't know her grandmother and she hasn't met her. And I've explained that my mom's, you know, got some grown-up problems and these aren't things that a little girl needed to be around. And she said, well, mommy, then how do you know how to be such a great mom? <laughs> And it just like hit me like fireworks in my chest. And I was like, oh, she thinks I'm a great mom. And she said, you know, I told her, I said, I think of what I would need when I was your age, you know, because I just have this image of this girl who used to hug herself to sleep at night, just wanting someone to love me and to make me feel safe. And so I, I all the time look at what does she need from me? What messaging? It's a very conscious way of living and very purposeful. So it's like, it's not nothing that comes out of my mouth is, is old. It's all new and constructed and well thought out. And the best thing that could have ever happened was one day we were talking about our superpowers and she said, asked me what mine was. And I told her I had a way with words. And I said, what's your superpower? And she says, well, I am so lovable. If I was a superhero, my name would be love a live and I would love everyone. And I was just like, I ended an entire cycle. <laughs> like wow. I, my child does not believe anything about herself that I believed as a child. And to me, that's the biggest blessing. I recognize there's probably something I'm doing or something she's picking up that I'm going to find out about later, but my cycle has ended. Yes. So to me that that's <gasps> That's all I need. You broke free from that pattern with her. Oh my gosh, that is so magical. <gasps> wow, that seriously, that story, that folklore <laughs> is beautiful. It almost sounds like what many fairy tales need to be. I yeah. love it. A girl oh. who saves herself, right? That's what that's Yeah. What, that's exactly that's what I mean. Exactly. Yeah. Amen to that. Oh, I love it. Well, are you ready for a rapid-ish fire? Because they never really are rapid. Everybody kind of goes off on each one. So I call it rapid-ish fire now. <laughs> okay, no worries. Let's do it. All right. Coffee or tea? Ooh, tea. Mm, what kind of tea? Um, I really love chai tea yes, and green tea. I'm all about chai. I have green with me right now. A morning or night person? Ooh, I'm a night person. <gasps> really? I Well, it's funny. I'm starting to become a morning person because I so enjoy my morning practice that it's becoming a thing now, Since especially since I've left corporate America. But I have my best ideas in the evenings Interesting. and at night. What is your morning practice like? Um, I wake up in the morning and I work with an executive coach and I shared with him recently what I think my, my sacred project is. And he said, spend the first five minutes of every morning dedicating yourself to what it feels like to complete that sacred project. So every morning for the first five minutes, I think of that, my grand purpose in life. And then I go into a prayer 
followed by a 20-minute meditation, and I have my cup of tea, and then I wake up my daughter. Beautiful. And then how about your writing routine? Do you have a writing routine? I wish I did. I'm one of those people where I have to sit down for um, at night before I go to bed, I will journal. It's really helpful for me to get things out of my head before I go to sleep. When it comes to writing um, books, writing articles, I am one of those people where I'm like, I need hours because I get so into the flow that I don't like to be disturbed. So I'll block off hours at a time. Interesting. That's what I usually do too, is I have to Mm -hmm. block off hours. Yoga or just regular functional fitness? Yoga. Yeah. I do all of the above. I do all of the above. Yeah, but I love yoga. What style of yoga? Um, I really am into vinyasa flow right now. Um, There's just something about it that really, I I have never been so outside of my own head um, as I have been when I'm in a flow. I love it. How about your zodiac sign? Aries fire your daughters all day all day. yeah um she's a Taurus. Wow. Taurus. she's a tourist wow um and how about you and your daughter's spirit animals oh gosh that's a good one <laughs> she would probably tell you hers was a lion ah. um she used to call herself living lion um me i have no idea i think i've changed so much um that I don't know what I connect to right now, but I'm going to Africa on Friday. No. Yes. I am so jealous. So that is so cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll pick up a spirit animal while I'm there and I'll know what it is. <gasps> yes. And then just message me. Let me know. Yes, for sure. <laughs> um, favorite crystal. Oh, um, that's a good one. I would probably say selenite. Yeah, me too. I have a selenite right here, right next to me. It's like a ginormous yeah. one. I have a huge, one. My, it always changes for me, but I'm like in a selenite mood right now. Uh, music recommendations to listen to after this podcast. Ooh. After they write their letter or during their letter. After, right, <laughs> yeah. Write your letter first. Um, I am so into Florence and the Machine. Mm. Um, I know that sounds maybe strange. I, I like all kinds of stuff. I, I'm like R&B, hip hop. My daughter's so EDM. It's hilarious. <gasps> That's um, cute. Yeah, no, but Florence Machine to me has always been like women empowered. Yeah, she's and there's something about her that brings out the like in me, you know. I love it. The fire, the Aries in you. Yeah, I love it. Um, a book you're currently reading, if any. Uh, I'm reading Lewis Howe's uh, masculinity. Um, very interested in the patriarchy and masculine behaviors and rites of passage. What is one self-actualization question from your book that comes to mind that we can meditate on after this podcast? Oh, self-actualization question. That's a really good question. Um, I think if anything, it would be, um, what does she want from you? And let that be whomever version, whatever age, what does she want from you? Wow. Define love. Mm. Define love. Love to me is so deep, all-encompassing, and unconditional whether or not you feel it back. Oh, yes. Define life. Life, oh, it's a journey and a destination. Define the universe. God, source, whatever resonates. Benevolent and loving. Mm, Yes. So the universe gave you a free billboard to share one message across the main highways in major cities all around the world. So many billboards all over. Um, What would these billboards read? 
It's so funny you asked me this question. So um, <laughs> you're like, I got this. I've got this one. Um, I just named my company. Um, it's Live Media Liv, and most people think it's named after my daughter, and she's absolutely the inspiration behind it. But when I was talking to her one day, we were in the car, and I was like, Liv, I've got to name my company, and I don't know what to name it. Part of me wants to name it after one of my babies, Liv or Lure. And she goes, mommy, does it have to actually, can it be an acronym? I said, yeah. She goes, well, it's a media company and you really are about love. So it should be love is viral. So it still can be live media, but it should be stand for love is viral. And so that's what I put on every billboard because out of the mouth of babes comes brilliance. It's so true. <laughs> There's a lot of brilliance that comes out of live. It's her name, yes. Olivia, I'm assuming. Olivia. Yeah. Yep. Oh, it's so cute. What a little genius you got there. She is. She, she's so tapped in. One last yeah. question that I ask all of the guests. How would you advise your own magic listeners to create their own magic? Mm, find yourself really deeply, truly go on a journey to get to know who you are, your essence. And I know that sounds so hokey, but you are something really bright and beautiful under all of the stories you've been told you were born perfect everything that came next was information find that perfection again and then build from there that was beautiful and not hokey at all in fact we love the hokey because there's so much truth to those simple statements I love it. Where can everyone find you? I am I am on Instagram the most lately. So at ms.jeanetteschneider. Um, you can find me at jeanetteschneider.com. And I just have a podcast that drops every Tuesday called Gold with Jeanette Schneider. Brand new, right? Brand new. Started on New Year's Day. I've got about three months in production that is loaded up. And it's what... Um, gold nuggets of wisdom wisdom and inspiration from those living their very best lives and i will tell you i've got cia analysts i have activists i have authors lifestyle entrepreneurs i mean just it was funny someone asked me like how are you promoting this and i'm like these are conversations that people need to hear uh, it's it, to me it's about the conversation not necessarily about yes yeah it has to be like I'll, I'll call someone and be like i just read something you wrote on courage and i want to talk to you about courage <laughs> you know um so it's, it's, it's beautiful conversations and they bring me so much joy. That is amazing. I'm excited to listen and thank, thank you. you for sharing your golden nuggets of wisdom this podcast. Thank you. I've so enjoyed this conversation. It was very soulful. So thank you to ha for having me and I hope your listeners take something from it. I'm, I'm sure they will. I'm sure that they love you already. I do. I think you're amazing. So Aww. again, thank you. Thank you. Likewise. And your daughter's amazing too. Tell her hello for me. I will. I will. Thank you. <laughs> Have a good day. You too. Dear Yomi, thank you so much, so, so much for lending your ear. I, I hope something in this spoke to your soul. And will you please, please say hello in the Your Own Magic Facebook group to all of the Soul Tribers. And if you, if you like this podcast, I would so love to read your review. And of course, I'll gift you a free guided meditation from yourownmagic.life, which by the way, has many meditations, meditative imaginings, journal questions, magic monthly challenges, and just other spiritual tools for your soul. More on yourownmagic.life when you join the Soul Tribe exclusive site for $4.44. Per month. I'm just thankful for us spiritualists to gather together 
and have a safe space to help us tap into our own magic. Anyways, I love you all so much. Thank you for listening and have a magical day.